When I saw this happen, I also saw um, female artists saying, yeah. some of them saying that any man who's part of the Stingy Man Association... is done. Is not, it's not that they're done, yeah. it's just that they're too broke to, <laughs> to, to keep up women. I, I, I believe in what Don Jazzy is pushing because me, myself, I've been a victim of spending countless amounts of cash, which has led me nowhere. <laughs> the Obamas left the mark on so many different levels. Mm. Like, as you said, officially, they carried themselves perfectly. Mm. Unofficially, I just loved watching videos of Obama shooting hoops. That shows the importance of really leaving a mark, regardless of what you do in life. You're listening to Adishokbe Live, the Afrobeat podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another edition of Adishokbe Live, the official Afrobeats podcast. My name is Adishokbe Olajide, and here we're recording from the Afri Media Studios in London. This is where we break down some of the Afro pop culture headlines that's happened over the last one or two weeks, and we share our opinions on it. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, like, share, comment, and that's on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. You know, leave us a comment. Tell other people about your favorite podcast. Podcast, so to speak. <laughs> and also, you can catch us every single week, Saturdays, 7.30 p.m. on Yanga, <clears throat> on Yanga TV in the UK, and on Mondays as well, 7 p.m. on Yanga Television. Now, joining me to break down this week's hot topics is none other than superstar DJ and my fellow broadcaster, of course, from the West Side family. It is DJ Rod Rats. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Listen, Love the podcast. You. I can't wait to kick it. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> You've got so much to talk about today. For sure, but, for sure, for sure. Uh, for now, let's have a look at some of the headlines. Now, Shatawali calls out Burner Boy online. Meg the Stallion expresses disappointment on Twitter and the Stingy Men Association led by Don Jazzy has been created and lots more. Now, let's get into it. We're going to start in Ghana, where superstar Shatawali took to Instagram to call out his colleague and former friend, Burner Boy. Shatawali fired shots at Burner Boy for allegedly not responding to his Instagram DMs and allegations that he had said something negative about Burner Boy leading to why he had been ignored by his former friend. Now, he said, even if there was a problem, Burner could have called him to discuss it and eventually laugh over it rather than act this way. Two of the biggest superstars out of Africa, one from Nigeria, one from Ghana, Rod Rance. What are your thoughts on this bombshell that happened last week? So as, as you was reading that, yes. my, my first thought was, if the issue is an issue, yeah. why don't people just call each other? Why do they always have to resolve to social media? Because once you take it to social media, then your fan bases get involved. It mm. ends up exploding and growing into something that it didn't need to grow to. Absolutely. Now, in terms of him getting angry with, with Burner, if they are no longer friends, then Burner has no... He's not owed. But what about plan. if you listen to him? It's not even a situation where they it's official that they're no longer friends. Mm. It's just a situation where he feels that perhaps he's been cut off mm. by his friend. Mm. Now, a little backstory to the Burner Boy Shatawali friendship. They used to be really close. Yeah. If you listen to the African Giant album, yeah. there are parts in that album where Burner Boy was talking about my crew. The Shatter movement. Yeah. You know, that's how tight they were. At a time, Burner Boy went to Ghana, you know, just leaving Nigeria that had a lot of stress or whatever, went yeah. to chill in Ghana, and he was staying with Shatawali. Yeah. They had a collaboration that did well in Ghana at the time. So there was a perception within, 
you know, the Afropop culture space that, you know, Shata held his brother down in Ghana when he needed space from Nigeria. Mm. So what Shata was intense, you know, saying in that Instagram live was mm. that, you know, it, that, that there's been rumors or allegations that perhaps mm. Shata Wali had said something negative mm. about the fact that when Bernard was in Ghana and was staying with him, yeah. he almost heard that, you know, people said that Shatter had said that, oh, he was taking care of Bernard and stuff like that. Because if yeah. you listen to the Instagram live, Shatter was like, I never ever said anything like you were, you know, I was taking care of you, you were homeless or yeah. you didn't have any clothes yeah. or whatever. So that gave me a feeling that information, somebody had put pepper yeah. and <laughs> onion and a little I sugar. Just, I just mixed the stew. Mixed it up <laughs> and passed it over to Bernard yeah. boy. But... Where it got slightly uglier mm. was when Shatter started to, you know, swear, yeah. call him names. Yeah. Do you think there's... Can See, you come back from that? I feel like this is something... If they have mutual friends, if they have a circle that they are both connected to, mm. this could have been resolved as a face-to-face. -face. It did not need to go to social media because I don't believe in getting the public involved yeah. with your drama because the public aren't there to benefit you. Absolutely. They're not there for your benefit. Yeah. They just want to throw more more pepper in the Absolutely. stew, put more to ginger stir up a little bit. and stir up their one drama. You know, because once Shatter had done that, a lot of people were expecting Burner almost like Bernard to respond. Yeah. But Bernard wasn't definitely going to respond yeah. especially in recent times the way he's dealt with these type of issues yeah. is listen man i'm just going to take it off social media yeah. and not add a little bit more fuel to it for me i think it's i think it's disappointing because mm. burner boy and shatawali are two of the biggest superstars we have out of africa uh, their definitely. friendship from nigeria to ghana also celebrated the unity that we want from those countries yes. you know through their eyes yes. and at the time when burner boy popped off and instantly went you know super duper big yeah. and started to go back to ghana and we only saw collaborations with manifest and yeah. go, everybody started thinking like what happened to the shatter movement who was your boy in the past yeah so it shows with this explosive instagram live that that shatawali has done that the problem has been there for quite a while now it's probably like two years since african giant to be yeah. honest with you would you would you say that maybe shatter feels a sense of jealousy that maybe it's perhaps burner's gone ahead of him i don't think so i think he will feel a sense of hurt that his brother when you're winning, you know, David O gave an interview to Ebuka and while speaking about this whole burner situation, yeah, yeah. he said that, you know, why are we beefing? We're, we're supposed to be running this whole thing together. Yeah. And I think, you know, as friends, maybe that's one of the feelings that Shatter had. Because Shatter also mentioned the fact that he sent DMs to Burner yeah. and he never responded. Yeah. Now, that will get your back up, like your friend, like your yeah, brother. Yeah, get your blood boiling. Yeah, yeah what's yeah, going sure, on? Sure. So I think as friends, that would hurt the fact that, you know, we used to run this thing together and all of a sudden, man, like you're, you're, you're moving and he's moving too. You yeah. know, Shatter 2 is moving, so is David, everybody's moving, but they probably would love the brotherhood to continue. Mm. And even if they would, I just, I actually believe in what you said there should be a way to get this sorted out without the Instagram live, yeah. bringing fans you Involved. know, face to face. Because yeah. the Nigerian fans instantly, these are fans that if you go into 
the previous comments, they were probably shading Burner against Wiz or David. Mm. But the minute it was Shatterwale and Burner, yeah. everybody fall, they fell in line in <laughs> Burner's position, <laughs> in Burner's corner, like, yeah, where to be this Shatter movement? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so instantly, it, it, you know, everybody starts to to, to, to take sides. Yeah. And that, that makes it difficult, man. Yeah. And, and, and I would love to see a flying Burner boy collaborate with a flying Shatterwale. I think mm. you have to remember, Shatter Wally had one of the biggest records of 2019. King yeah. already. Yeah. Already with Beyonce. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's almost impossible to top that. But the thing is, when it comes to collaborations and, and, mm. and labels, when labels are involved, obviously, because of the trajectory yeah. and the mm. endorsements and the labels that Burner is with, trajectory. even if he wants to do a song and put it out with Shatter, if the label blocks that, Burner can't do nothing about that. So mm. it's, it's not necessarily 100% down to Burner Boy. His mm. label's got to approve it. There's there's so much more red tape now mm. that he now needs to go through because of where he is now. Mm. So we don't know. There might be a... There, there most likely will be a few songs that they've recorded when they were coming up together that just haven't been released. And although they want to release... No relationship unless it gets there, leaked, yeah. the label's not allowing it. And there's no relationship to even make that happen exactly, anymore. Exactly, exactly. Man, that's sad, you know. But yeah. anyway... Uh, over to Nigeria, where a trend has jokingly started on social media with the likes of Don Jazzy championing the movement called the Stingy Men Association. Now, this is supposed to be a group of men who have decided to refrain from spending money unnecessarily on their ladies. Well, the ladies have also responded with a variety <laughs> of associations, with one prominent one being the Closed Legs Associations, in response to the Stingy Men Association. Oh well, the likes of the Ghanaian superstar Sarkode has also launched the Ghanaian chapter, representing for the Stingy Men Association as well. Now, Rod Rants, uh, this has always been a bit of banter between... Yeah. African men and women yeah. where, you know, people say uh, African ladies might like a little bit of money. They want yeah. you guys to have money to spend on them. Yeah. But Don Jazzy and other comedians kick-started this situation where they're saying it's Corona times. Yeah. Times are peak right now. Nobody's spending nothing yep. on no women. What are your thoughts about this, this new trend? And the phrase, because it's a message that people are passing. <laughs> sublim I believe it's a message that people are subliminally passing out yeah. to the ladies. I feel like I'm going to drastically lose any potential <laughs> marriage possibilities once I speak my, <laughs> speak my say on this. You have to. <laughs> but, uh, so when I saw this happen, I also saw um, female artists saying, yeah. some of them saying that any man who's part of the Stingy Man Association... Is done. Is not, it's not that they're done, yeah. it's just that they're too broke to, <laughs> to, to keep up women. Now the thing is, I, I, I believe in what Don Jazzy is pushing because me myself, I've been a victim of spending countless amounts of cash, which has led me nowhere. <laughs> I'm still not married. I still have no, there's still no ring. Remember, don't touch the oh, table. Sorry. The producer will kill you. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm still not married. There's still no ring. And I've spent hundreds, if not at this point, thousands of pounds. So I would be a member of the Stingy Man Association because I understand the pain. <laughs> it's painful. When you, when you go and pay X amount that you know, ah, where, but, where did it take me? But what about the fact that the ladies are saying, just like you said, that mm. any man that proudly represents the Stingy Man Association mm. really should doesn't have enough to keep a woman in the first place? To be honest, I feel like when it comes to money and spending your money on women and dates, yeah. 
I have a new rule now. What's Unless that? I genuinely like you and I feel like this is going to go somewhere <laughs> longer than four weeks, then I'll spend money for you. If, if, if I feel like it's not going to go past four weeks, then my, my, my wallet is staying But in my if you go on a date with her mm-hmm. and you think it's not going to go past four weeks, mm. You're still not going to spend? No, but that's why you pick smartly. That's why you pick smartly. So the first date, make sure it's not too expensive. It's not too expensive. Do like a Nando's thing or that way. The budget is £60 max. <laughs> After the first date, you get a bit of a feel. Then you might go a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. The thing is, I grew up, you know, I grew up in the 90s from Nigeria at the point where, you know, I just genuinely believe that it's a man's responsibility mm. to take care of your woman, regardless of whether she's making more money than you. No. I just, I've been in situations where I've been out with mm. women that are caking it, mm. but I just couldn't sit back and yeah. watch her pay her side of the bill. No. I, it's like, it's going to kill me. Growing up, my, my, my parents brought me up the same way. So yeah. I'm, I'm very old school. I'm very old fashioned. Like, yeah. I'll tell you a story. When I was in uh, secondary school, yeah. Whenever I'd go on a date with a girl on a weekend, for yeah. example, I would save my money throughout that whole week That's so I can it. spend so on, for both of us on that date. And I'm this, I'm the same as well. I've been on my ex uh, a couple of years ago. She was caked. Like she she finished all levels of education up until masters with yeah. no student debt. Like damn, her family was caked. But I still wanted to pay for everything because I don't know. I just feel that sense of African pride. Exactly. Really. Especially the first date. If you're not paying on the first date, nah, then I've, I've told people any man that takes a lady out, and you know when the bill comes, and and he's staring at the bill, looking at her face, and trying to go for halves or whatever. Listen, just dump him right there. Thing is, I I believe in in equality. So I'll pay oh, for yeah, the first equality. date, and then. <laughs> As, as it goes, as it goes, we can maybe discuss X, Y, and Z. But I have one thing that I look out for. I'm What's giving that? out all my tips. Say, now. say, say. So I'll be honest. If I'm going on a first date with a, with a female, yeah. I, I fully have the intention of paying for both of us. Yeah. But I do like to see that little toss. That she wants that to little, grab the bill. Yeah. Nah. It, it just shows me, okay, cool, yeah. You're, you're not just here for a free meal. When they sit there, when they, they look, look away. And they just stare at me like, you, you go pay? Oh, pay, just so you don't see me again. <laughs> Because <laughs> so, yeah. that movement grew fast. Yeah. Like, yo. I saw everyone doing it. Like, even people in America, artists in Cameroon. Everybody everyone, was. I was this close to even making my own. <laughs> ID cards and all. So the Stingy Man Association is still rumbling on, basically. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. Now, speaking about America, over to the United States of America, where the inauguration took place for the 46th president, or, uh, or for the 46th president in Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris be- uh, becoming the first woman vice president in the States. Yeah. Now, due to coronavirus restrictions, uh, due, uh, coronavirus restrictions, the ceremony wasn't open to the public. However, it was attended by celebrities such as J-Lo, Lady Gaga, and of course, the fantastic young poet who was one of the stars of the show. Shay needs to find me her name. Check, check that on on, on on Google for me, brother. Now, speaking of the star of the show, yes. it was none other than former first lady of the United States of America in Michelle Obama, who walked in walked in hand in hand with former President Barack Obama. Yeah. All eyes were fixed on the former first lady whose outfit was incredible oh and her carriage set social media alight. Mm. You know, their brief appearance reminded the world what we had missed about 
and the hugely popular couple mm. enjoyed a couple moments in the public eye. What are you saying? Amanda Gorman is the, the young poet that absolutely smashed uh, her session at the inauguration. Yeah. She was absolutely brilliant. Mm. Let's talk about Michelle Obama, please. Michelle Obama. Every time I speak about American presidents, I always say one thing. Hmm. The only one I will ever truly acknowledge are the Obamas. Hmm. After the Obamas, I need to see what you're going to do. Because the thing is, a lot of British people might believe that although it's in America, it doesn't yeah. concern them. You have to think, it does concern you. Absolutely. Because whatever happens in America directly affects world us. World issues, world issues. Directly affects us. Yeah. So whatever laws or um, bills they're passing, it will affect us. So yeah. you do need to pay attention in the American politics. Absolutely. But that being said, Michelle looked stunning. Obama looked cool as always. Cool. You, you, cool you see, as when always. they were walking in, I, I posted a video, I said, this is how a man walks into the club. When you know you've got the hottest woman in you kind of like in your arms because he what he, he, he had the confidence like yeah i'm coming in with the, the hottest chick he has this aura that just that just requires you to pay attention to mm. him like mm. it's not him that's being sworn in as presidency but, they still but stole the they're show. walking as if it's them being sworn in. i wish it was them again <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing you know yeah. i saw videos on social media, you know, just putting the outfit that she wore. They, they, I, some people put pictures of that outfit whilst it was on the runway. Yeah. And it was almost like this woman was, was the just, was just marketing this she was outfit. was born to wear that it outfit. Was, it was crazy. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of people also, initially at the beginning of the Obama's careers, when I, you know, at, at least in 2004, when I went to the States and he was a rising senator in Chicago at the time where I went to, um, everybody just thought, okay, Barack Obama, an incredible speaker, mm. very charismatic, mm. you know, rising star, Michelle Obama, a tough, you know, well-educated, incredible African-American lady. Yeah. But when they came into office and the way they carry themselves with official and unofficial yeah. duty yeah. is what really made the world fall in love with this couple. Yeah. And to see them again and instantly that feeling and the sense that we all had yeah. whilst they were in office. It just came back. Just came back. Yeah. In one 20 second video. Yeah. That 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 shows the importance of really leaving a mark, regardless of what you do in life. You I, have to leave a mark. The Obamas left the mark on so many different levels. Hmm. As you said, officially, they carried themselves perfectly. Hmm. Unofficially, I just loved watching videos of Obama shooting hoops or he's running around with his girls, playing around with the dogs. Or like, shaking a, shaking a black man or like something. Just, yeah. he, he had a different he way. Just had a, he has, a, like I said, he has an aura that when he just, when you see him, you have to pay attention. Mm. You cannot ignore this man. Absolutely. This, this is probably, I would say, one of the greatest men to ever walk this earth. Absolutely. That, man. that, is, that is my opinion. And I think, him. you know, and I think that the popularity of the Obamas and Barack Obama also rubbed up on the new president, Joe yeah. Joe Biden, because he yeah. was the vice president of Barack Obama back in the day. Yeah. So that popularity yeah. of his friendship with Barack Obama and the way they really yeah. rocked as a family also rubbed upon him. Mm. And it's hopefully it's going to be a part of his, uh, his leadership going forward yeah. the next four years. And what about Vice President Kamala, Kamala Harris? You know, that's another um, mixed heritage, yeah. black, Asian, 
woman, yeah. vice president of the United States of America. She's also been seen in outfits where she carries it with yeah. a little bit of swag as well. I think <laughs> yeah. it's a once you're once I think it's a black thing, isn't it? You have a little bit of black in you. I I, I feel like I feel like I have to agree with that statement. Like my, my mom's the same. Like whatever she wears, it's just it's just elegance. That's the word, elegance. It's it's the physical and not the physical. Yeah. You can tell that this person is confident. They're proud of who yeah. they are. They know where they're from. They know what they stand for. Absolutely. They know what they want from, from, from the people. Absolutely, yeah. man. That's, that's amazing. And it was really nice to see. Now, What's up, my people? My name is Adi Shopeolaji, the AKA Shops. You do AKA the Energy God. And I'm officially on Fanbiz. Now, Fanbiz is a partner of Adi Shopeolaji, the official Afrobeats podcast. So you can hit me up on there if you have any questions about getting into the music industry, about the Afrobeats culture, and I'll specifically speak to you. Like I said, I'm giving free advice on Fanbiz at the moment, so make sure you join Fanbiz and hit me up for more information. Now, from the United States to America, we head over to East Africa, Kenya to be exact. Mm -hmm. That's where Barack Obama is from, actually. Yeah. Uh, where popular celebrity and socialite Huda Monroe had something to say about those who hate on rich kids. Now, Huda shared her thoughts on social media saying, and I quote, those who hate on rich kids should blame their parents for not planning and being lazy and thinking kids are a blessing. Mm. She finishes that quote by saying, kids are not a blessing. Mm. They are a burden if you can't afford them. And that's the end of the quote. Yeah. Is Huda Monroe right, my brother? Yes. I, 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 wow. I believe she's right. So I love kids. Anyone that knows me knows I love kids. Straight I'm, I'm up, me too. Kids. But yeah. when, when I see kids... The first thing in my head is... Are they well kept? No, it's cash loss. Hmm. <laughs> it's cash loss. When I see little babies, especially with, with, with young parents, nah, the cost. first thing in my head is cash loss, especially hmm. twins, because I have twin sisters. Uh, so I'm the oldest of four. Growing up, I saw how my parents yes. had to work so much to make enough money to support me, my little brother, and on top of that, my twin sisters, damn. having to buy a double of everything because they're twins. So I, I would... She worded it more violently than I would have worded it. <laughs> <laughs> she was like cutthroat with that. More violently, but I do agree with what she said. Children are not expensive. Uh, sorry, children are expensive. Mm. They're not a Christmas gift. They're mm. not. They're not something you can just have for now for because life. they're cute and then put away. No. Once you have, a, once you choose to have a child, that's at least minimum eighteen years of you dedicating your life for that child. Bare minimum. So you have to understand that you will need a certain amount of money to upkeep that child. Absolutely. And the more children you have, the more money you need. Damn. A lot of people don't realize that, and they'll just be having kids left, right, and center, thinking the children are a gift. Because you know, in Africa, we have that saying that you know, whatever the child's gonna eat, the child brings it when it's coming from heaven. Uh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, is, I believe children are a gift, yeah. but I also believe they're expensive, and that is the honest truth. You need to be financially prepared to have children. Absolutely, like. When I was younger, I, I always said I wasn't ready for children at mm. a younger age because mm. I knew. Now the responsibilities my, that come with exactly, it. Exactly. And that's very you, good. When you're a sibling, you 
you've you become a parent. Yeah, kind of. You're Absolutely. like a, a co-parent. So Absolutely. you know what it takes to raise kids. So yeah. I've always said I'm not ready. Mm. Now I'm at a stage where I feel like I'm mentally ready, mm. but I'm not financially ready. Fantastic. So until I'm financially ready, there is no mini rods running about anytime soon. That's brilliant. <laughs> if, if I can help it. No, that's brilliant. That's that's a fantastic way to look at that. And I, and I think, you know, uh, as a young man yourself, to, to really be self-aware enough to make those type of decisions, yeah. I think is great to see um, with young black men, especially in the Western world, yeah. where a lot of young black men have been irresponsible yeah. uh, in recent times, you know, from, from secondary school to university, just putting it anywhere, willy-nilly, whatever <laughs> happened, you know, no protection, all of that stuff, not caring about the yeah. consequences and leaving a lot of young ladies to deal to struggle with the, the you know raising a child and providing yeah. for a child because a mother is a mother every single day they, of their yeah. lives and not only it that as well change. when they if they don't step up and do the, the the duty as a father the mother has to do both exactly and it has an effect on the child when hmm. the father's not around that is the, that is one truth that all of these dads who don't want to be dads you guys need to understand when you're walking out of your child's life it's going to have a long-term effect on your child whether it be a boy or a girl it's going to have a long-term effect on your child Fast. now i remember when i was younger we lived in cameroon mm. and my mom told me that as a child in cameroon i was one of the most quiet like simple clean cut mm. humble kids ever my dad went to belgium to work for two or three years so we, i didn't see for two or three years and she told me that those two or three years my behavior just changed you just, because dad wasn't that wasn't there so i became more aggressive more violent you wouldn't more, listen i wouldn't listen because yeah. my dad wasn't there but my dad's still in my life now he just mm. went to go and work mm. so imagine a if young he, child that the stepping away the effect it has long term on that child that's growing big. up but me personally and the amount of dates I've been on of girls that like when I tell them I have no kids they're surprised yeah, yeah because like, they've been in, they, when they meet a lot of young black men <laughs> your like, age you already have one or two things you got no kids yeah no I got no kids got, why is that such a I'm, I'm shocked I'm like is that not normal these days no yeah, am I the abnormal one in the UK and America you know young black men they, they, they have kids yeah. quite early yeah. now going to Hood and Monroe one of the reasons why she spoke on this was the fact that a lot of people vent their frustrations towards kids who mm. basically have parents Mm. that are rich mm. so they hate on rich kids yeah. so what are your thoughts about you know people that have a little thing against like for example a david o for instance see, I, people know that david's got it he's been got it yeah and and sometimes we see some of the slight comments that goes towards david because, because he was born with a silver spoon see i've never liked the i've never liked the criticism that david overseas because of his dad's money and my thing is, if a child is born and their parents have money, it's the, it's the job of that parent to provide for the child. Absolutely. So it, it's not the child's fault if their parents have money and are providing. What I don't like to see is when a child does come from a rich background mm. and they don't work hard to make their own money or do X, Y, and Z. Fantastic. Now, and David, David for example, completely different to that. one of the hardest working people Facts. in the industry. Facts. So I don't understand why people are still giving him grief mm. for where he came from. Same with Cuppy. Mm. DJ Cuppy is one of the hardest females she, in the industry. Hustling. Hardest working. This, Human beings in the business. Sleep. I don't think she sleeps. Because she wants to prove herself I don't think as she well. sleeps. But yeah. then people give her so much stick because her dad has money. If her dad had money and she wasn't doing nothing and was just collecting, okay, cool, give her stick. But this this girl works, works nonstop. Absolutely. I and, completely agree. And she keep, and despite all the criticism, she just keeps going. She yeah. keeps pushing. But I don't think that the criticism that her and David have received is fair mm. because they've, they've, they've pruned are hard workers. Mm. They're not sitting around with that silver spoon in their mouth. That silver spoon, they took it out themselves. And they started looking. And they started looking for their own food. 
So that's the, so I understand where she's coming from, Absolutely. and I agree with her Absolutely. on that sense. Absolutely, that, that's brilliant, and that's true. I don't think I have any rebuttal on that at all. Now, over to the United States of America, as a rap as rap superstar Megan Thee Stallion rants on Twitter as it was falsely reported that she had dropped charges against Tory Lanez. Mm. Now, late on Thursday, internet went into a frenzy with the false reports, uh, and it triggered the rapper who spoke about the fake support for black women on social media as people are quick to say her story about being allegedly shot by Tory Lanez was all lies. Now, the rapper spoke about her loss with both parents passing on leaving her with trauma she was still dealing with and mm. to see the continuous disbelief on social media mm. to, her, to her experience is hurtful. She says she can't wait for the truth to come out once she has a day in court and watch people eat their words. Mm. Has to be said that Tory Lanez also dropped the new visuals to his song featuring the baby on the same day mm -hmm. as the social media story was going wild that his uh, uh, the, the the court case had been the court charges had been dropped. Yeah. First of all, this Tory Lanez uh, Megan the Stallion story mm -hmm. is one that just it splits the room every single time. Yeah. You know, the minute I walked into the studio, was talking about it. Shay has it He had his thoughts. Caller had his thoughts. You had your views. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that situation, first of all? So um, that 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 situation is a bit of a tricky one. Yes. I'll be honest. I'm I'm a feminist. Growing up with sisters and Facts. my mom being the way she is, I'm a feminist. <laughs> we, we, we ain't got a choice. <laughs> and I understand that. First of all, it's hard for women to come out and speak out against men in Black this situation. Women Black women to come out worse. and speak out in this situation because nine times out of ten they're never heard or they never believed. believed. That's the thing. So it's already hard enough for you to come out knowing that you're going to struggle for anyone to believe you. So any, any who are brave enough to come out and speak out, I always automatically believe them because hmm. I know before they've the, come the, out, the, the, they've already the, thought The hardship yeah. for them to even make that decision, make decision to come, to come out. out is hard enough. Automatically, I believe them. Mm. Now, with the Tory and, and Megan situation, yeah. I didn't like how, from day one, I've not liked how Tory, Tory has handled the situation. No I don't like. I don't. I've not liked how he's replied. Whether it's on Which social media, Instagram, Instagram live, lives, whatever, yeah. dropping videos yeah. and caption and putting funny captions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not I, liked I, the there. caption with that video as well was. There's a caption exactly. there that you know you're you're gonna keep. Yeah. I feel it's very disrespectful. So in in regards to Megan, I just want her to have her chance to speak on what actually happened, have the court date, yeah. have it all out, get the evidence out, because there's no way she's going to come unless she knows she's got evidence. Yeah. She, really, she really knows that coming out, no one's going to really believe her unless she has that the evidence. evidence. For me, I think from day one, um, you know, disclaimer, definitely I'm a big Tory Lanez fan, mm. huge fan of his uh, as a musician, but I have to be honest that when that story broke, that uh, gunshots were fired, mm. Uh, gun pellets were found, allegedly found in uh, Megan Thee Stallion's feet. Yeah, it shows that somebody fired a gun. Yeah, definitely. It was fired at, mm. or it hit Megan. Yeah, in the feet. Yeah, those stories have to be consistent. Yeah, there were three or four people in the car. Nobody else in the car has been finger pointed yeah. as the person that fired the gun. Yeah. So there has to be an element of truth yeah. to some state in this story. It might not be that 
Tori fired directly at her mm -hmm. or something happened with a gun with, but she's got gun wounds. Yeah. You know, and she was in a car with three or two other people. Yeah. Why is it so hard for people to first of all understand <coughs> her pain and to see that this woman had, that there's something wrong? Like for me, well, even though I was, I'm a Tory Lanez fan, mm. I'm still thinking to myself, but you have to be honest to ask the simple question. Mm. There were only three people in a car mm. and she's come out with gunshot wounds in her leg. Yeah. So something harmed this woman. Second of all, like you said, I haven't, I've been disgusted with how Tory Lanez has handled this situation. Yeah. You know, initially he was very quiet, which I thought was the best, best thing way. to do. Just keep quiet yeah. until you either get to court Let or find mediation and deal with it. Yeah. But coming back and we, you know, with social media, Instagram lives, trying to explain and then funny captions on Instagram and going back and forth with Megan or whatever, the lady is going through physical and mental, mental trauma. trauma. Yeah. I feel like he's at, at this stage, he's trying to gain from the trauma she's going through, which I don't like it. I he mean, was winning already with the quarantine radio. Tory Lanez had become the biggest or the hottest star in the world but he did with recently that quarantine. Get out of his label. He recently got out. Of yeah, his but label. It, when he got out was when the quarantine uh, radio thing popped off. Yeah. So everybody felt, yo. This guy left the label, mm. the quarantine radio thing popped off, mm. it's about to go big for him. Mm. And all of a sudden, three months down the line, with yeah. all the hype, he did the YouTube concert thing, yeah. which I was a big fan of. I watched that. We were 50,000 strong watching for two hours. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the Megan thing happened. And for me, it all came crumbling down. Yeah. Especially because he couldn't keep quiet as well. Yeah. See, um, also, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Tory fan as yeah. well. I've, I've, actually, I've actually supported Tory Lanez before in, yeah. in Surrey wow. uh, two years ago. That was when, he came, when he came, when he was when he came around tour. and he was walking on people's heads. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I supported him then back he then. So that was dope, crazy. Man. But like, I've not agreed with how he's handled it, and yeah. I feel like people are struggling to believe Meg for one simple reason, Why? which is the cold hard truth: because she's a black woman. Hmm. That's 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 the that's the talk, upsetting truth. Talk that because talk because she's a black woman. Because I guarantee you, if it was a white woman, <laughs> this conversation would would have been. If it was Kim Kardashian, the, the conversation would be different. The conversation would be very different, hmm. especially if it was Tory Lanez who had fired a shot on a non-black woman. Do you think he'd be walking around to be dropping videos? No hmm. way. Hmm. They'll have him in jail until his court hearing. Hmm. No way. And that's, and that's the upsetting truth about it, especially in a place like America. Like over the last few months, we've seen how America has dealt with the BLM movement yep. and, and how they've treated us mm. and how they've, they've, the police have been reacting to us and our peaceful protests. Yeah. So that's the only one that speaks. Somebody's recently said to me, if you really think about it, all the people in, in America who are in positions of power to make change to the yeah. country, those people were alive when slavery was legal. Hmm. In this, in those, those, yeah, yeah, I get it. Those people were still alive when slavery was when, legal. When there was uh, segregation, segregation, when there was all of that, all stuff. that stuff. So how can you expect those people to make laws and changes that are going to affect black people in a positive way? Damn, that's deep. Yeah, so that's why I, that's why I feel like Meg's had a tough time, simply because she's a black woman.
in America. Damn. And on top of America, I've never agreed with that gun law. If they change that gun law, no. we wouldn't have the conversation. Everybody never I don't agree, understand. But, I don't but I think it's gone so far now that I don't even know how they're going to be able to rectify that. Even if they change the gun law today, imagine the amount of people that I still think it, have them. I think it would guns. cause it would cause a it would cause a, a form of civil civil war. So they, they have to they, they have to find the smoothest way to to do something about to manage it. it. Gosh. But yeah, man, it's, just, it's sad. It's sad. <clears throat> well, um, speaking about you being a Cameroonian, <laughs> over to Cameroon. Yes. Where a movement to ban Nigerian music is gaining traction. Yeah. Over the last couple of months, we have seen celebrities as well as musicians speak out in Cameroon at the dominance of Nigerian music in their country, mm. seeing it as stifling the growth of Cameroonian talent mm. and reducing the sense of pride in their culture and talent. Mm. It's been reported that Nigerian music takes up around 80% of their airwaves and the, and the movement is demanding a change where Cameroonian music takes up the 80% and other countries the remaining. Mm. Is this too much to ask as a Cameroonian? Um, re re rephrase your question. What do you mean? Asking for yeah. the changing yeah. of how much music mm. is being played from other countries such mm. as Nigeria yeah. in Cameroon. Is yeah. that too much to ask? I think the entire movement is wrong. I don't agree <laughs> with the entire movement. Fantastic. I, I'm against... I'm a, I'm a Cameroonian, yeah. but I am a wholeheartedly against this movement. Now, it, it initially started by, um, by a comedian called Sai International. Yeah, that he, went on Instagram Live. Yeah, and that went viral. He basically said to ban Nigerian music in Cameroon. He celebrated that Joe Boy's concert didn't go as well yeah. as it should have gone in Cameroon. I'm against that kind of behavior because that's not what you should be pushing. You're, you're, you're going to create a divide between Cameroon that's, and Nigeria. That's, that's xenophobic. Yeah, which doesn't need to be created. And then secondly, interestingly enough, whilst I was in Cameroon, I had a chance to interview a few artists. I dropped yeah. a, a video today, actually, with Tizzy Panchak. Mm. And a lot of them felt the same way. A lot of them were saying that they, they wow. wanted to be 80% Cameroon, 20% Nigerian, yeah. or ban Nigerian music. Wow. And I feel like they've all got the wrong end of the stick mm. because they feel as though if they ban Nigerian music, they'll be more successful. But that's not the case. Mm. That's not the case at all because when you really look deep into the music industry, Cameroon industry, there's a lot more issues that are wrong than Nigeria. I can give you five reasons right now that have nothing to do with Nigeria. Hmm. First one is promotion. Hmm. They don't do enough to promote themselves outside of Cameroon. A lot of them focus on the YouTube promotion, so they get a lot of views, but they don't focus on DSPs, hmm. Spotify, iTunes. So me as a diaspora Cameroonian, unless I'm able to go to Cameroon on a week-to-week -week basis, how will I know, know what's you coming on? And, how, and me as a radio presenter, how can I promote your music if I, doesn't, if I don't know it exists? Hmm. Second of all, I feel like a lot of Cameroonians, Cameroon artists, sorry, they have this kind of, I don't even know what to call it, the sense of pride or that they're owed something. Hmm. For example, during this um, lockdown period, yeah. everything has changed. Everything's gone virtual. We've been doing interviews yeah. um, virtually on yeah. Zoom and Zoom, X, Y, and Z. Instagram. And I've reached that. out to multiple people. Like, we've interviewed Nini Yola yeah. on Zoom. We've done um, Olakira. Yeah, we've Ala done Yemi The list goes on. The list goes on. I've reached out to multiple Cameroonians prior to me going to Cameroon. Not a single one has replied. Wow. Me as a presenter, I've come to say, look, I want to interview you and push your music and you're not replying to my message. And they've seen it. 
They've seen it. Instagram tells me when you've seen my thing, you know. I and can tell you and the it. funny thing is, because Rod Rance and myself, we, you know, we're, we're, we're both colleagues. Rod Rance is on Westside Radio every Wednesday between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. I'm on the Beat Lona 103.6 FM between 7 and 9. And we work together. We share music together. I've always been on your neck saying, I want the Cameroon music. Yeah. I've been on your neck. For time, and you're always saying, "Yo, I ain't got it because they're not sending it to me." Exactly, that's the thing. Like they make it very difficult to 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 connect with them. Hmm. The ones that you do have, so I've recently sent you fish. And yeah, I love be- it. That's because those guys made it accessible I love, to listen, me. Listen, I, I love it. Which allowed me to make it accessible to you. Absolutely. But if they're not accessible to me as a Cameroonian who's trying to push them in Europe, yeah then how are they expecting to break the European market? Hmm. But but the other thing is, if you look at the flip side, Mm. is a lot of countries like France Mm. and Nigeria, Mm -hmm. um, I'll speak from Nigeria now. Mm. In the 90s and 80s, growing up in Nigeria, we listened to a lot of hip-hop and R&B and American music. Mm. Foreign music was dominating the airwaves, and the only local content, uh, content was pretty much traditional stuff like mm. fuji juju and you have the high life yeah. and stuff the pop acts were struggling to get on tv and radio yeah but in the late 90s into early 2000s shout outs to legends like uh, idris abdul karim mm. who had stood up you know and demanded that nigerian artists and musicians were being paid the same amount of money that was offered to 50 Cent when he came to Nigeria to perform. And the same type of first-class treatment that 50 Cent got, Idris Adukarim requested it for Nigerian acts on the same bill too. So because of people like that, who were very vocal and standing up for Nigerian music and Mm. pop acts to get what they, you know, they're just due, the radio also, I think it, it just changed in the early 2000s where mm. the percentage was stipulated by the government mm. that it has to be maybe 60, 70% or whatever mm. Nigerian content yeah. must be shared on radio. Mm. That's what led to the growth of the Afrobeats movement coming from Nigeria where mm. a lot of the artists started to get a lot of radio plays, mm. started to get television plays and became superstars yeah. that we all saw from outside of Nigeria. Yeah. So looking at the Cameroon angle mm. I think that question of demanding that much content from the locals yeah. being supported on radio and TV mm-hmm. isn't too much okay. perhaps the attitude and the way they're going about it saying celebrating uh, you know Joe Boy's loss and demanding them to stop buying Naira Mali's tickets and yeah. whatever is starting to delve along the lines of xenophobia yeah. and, and stoke those fires. So I understand, I, I wholeheartedly have empathy and understand why they're making this demand. Now, what I feel is that, let's just say hypothetically, this mm. did happen yes. and it was 80% community music being played. Yeah. What I can see happening is they will now become Big bigger in Cameroon. in Cameroon, but they will never do anything Cameroon else. because they're still not doing enough to reach the diaspora. Yes. There's Cameroonians, apart from the French-speaking countries like yeah. France, there's yeah. Cameroonians in America, there's Cameroonians in Canada, Belgium, Belgium Germany, Germany, England, Germany. Finland, Sweden. How are you reaching us? If you can't reach us, you're going to be stuck in Cameroon. Mm. And another thing as well is all of this call of 80% um, Cameroon music. If I'm being brutally honest with you, 
I don't think that there's, there's enough, enough music to do 80% community. But the thing is, if there's not enough, maybe perhaps people are making more music because a lot more people are not being successful. I spoke about Stanley en Eno. Yeah. And you told me that he's part of this movement Stanley as well. Eno is championing the movement, yeah. Are you for real? Yeah. I personally spoke to Stanley, Stanley Eno years ago where I told him that he should be making more Cameroonian-sounding music. Yeah to get across. And you know what he told me? What? He told me that he was part of the English-speaking side of Cameroon mm. and the, the Makosa type of thing was not his stuff. Mm. He was doing rap and doing stuff whilst trying to connect more with the likes of Ice Prince at the time and David yeah. at the time. But I still told him mm. that, no, that is not your call. Do Cameroonian music that we know yeah. be the face of that. Use your own international friendships and relationships mm. to come and champion the Cameroonian sound. Make the Cameroonians around the world proud of that. So I, I, I see a hypocritical what Stanley is doing right now. Now, I understand what you're saying, but the thing is, what? let me try and explain what Stanley was saying more. Mm. So as you, as you said, you like to... Wanting to want him to be Cameroonian music. Yeah. The issue is there's two Cameroons. Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's the thing that a lot of people don't yeah. realize. There's not one Cameroon. There's two Cameroons. You mm. have the Francophone Cameroon and the Anglophone Cameroon. The Francophone Cameroon is eighty percent of our population. Wow. Anglophone Cameroon is twenty percent of our population. So what he was saying as an Anglophone artist, mm. um, a lot of artists. Even TZ Panchak, I yeah. interviewed him. If you guys watch the video, it's on our YouTube application yeah. show. He said it himself. Anglophone artists work the hardest, but get the least results. Mm. Francophone artists work the least, get the and most results. get the results. most results because the, of the population. Exactly. Now, a lot of Anglophone artists feel like they have to incorporate French in their music. Otherwise, yeah. it will not go past that 20% of Cameroon. Absolutely. And because a lot of them can't speak French, they, they, they'd rather not do it than force it. And it so sounds, they align more with the English side of Nigeria. Exactly. So that's why it ends mm. up, that's why they end up doing more collabs with, with Nigeria or English-speaking countries or trying to blow in those countries because yeah. they can't force the French otherwise it will sound forced. Mm. And they can't just stick to what they know because it won't go past the 20% of, of Cameroon. Yeah. Really yeah. and truly, Cameroon is a bilingual country but it is split into two parts. There is the French part, there is the, the English, English part. part. I'm half and half. I'm mm. half French, half English and having been there, a lot of our biggest artists are from the English part. Mm. Stanley Eno is from the English part. Because he's gone out. Yeah, Tizzy Pantek is from the English yep. part coming. A lot of our biggest artists are, are Anglophones. But because of this Anglophone crisis that's, that's not kicked off 2016, they've had to move from the English part and move to the French part. Mm. Even before the Anglophone crisis really kicked off, it's always been there, like underlined. It's always it's been there. That so kind that's always kind of, exactly, it's always held them back. Mm. So they've always felt like they have to try and either incorporate French mm. or kind of belong mm. more to the French part, which is not really being true to themselves. So maybe that's why that, that's what Stanley, Stanley meant was trying to by, say by that. Well, I get it. But once again, we want to use this platform to call out to our Cameroonian brothers and sisters. We are one Africa. And not let nothing, let nothing, I repeat, nothing separate us. Stoking fires of xenophobia is a very dangerous yeah, thing to do. I don't agree with If it. there's a problem with the music, yes, 
demand that the government stipulates that more Cameroonian music must be played, more Cameroonian creatives must be supported. But the minute you start to really walk the lines of xenophobia, it becomes a big problem that we can see the likes that happen in, the, in places Africa. like South Africa. Yeah. And we don't want that to happen. Yeah. We want to continue to show people, because when people look at us, they don't think he's Cameroonian, they don't think I'm Nigerian. Yeah. They just think we're black yeah. Africans. Yeah. And that, to me, is more important than the individual identity yeah. that we try to carry up. Another thing as well, I want to yeah. add as well, like in terms of the the the, the Cameroon music industry, yeah. I feel like our artists need to do a lot more, not just in the promotion side. Yeah. For example, if you take five of five Nigerian artists, yeah. the, your top five, yeah. no, not even your top five, five upcoming artists, yeah. and take our top five Cameroon artists. Those upcoming Nigerian artists in the calendar content. year, they have more music out, content. more content, more videos than our Cameroon artists. Since I've been back, I've always tried to promote Cameroon music yeah. anyway, but yeah. since I've been back, I've tried to do it this last two weeks. Yeah. And I'm going to look for the artist music who I've spoken to recently. The last video was three months ago, four months ago. If you mm. go on the social media, there's not really much promotion Coming in terms up. of, okay, cool, there's new music, X, Y, and Z. And also, I've been told by a close friend of mine who's a dancer, a lot of the Cameroonian artists, they don't, engage with their fans they don't repost their fans they don't show the the love and respect to their fans that their fans deserve therefore their fans don't push them mm. and this is a very important one facts you need to start supporting each other Cameroon artists do not support each other hmm. the reason why most people think that i'm nigerian when i meet them is because my ear is so to the ground in yeah. nigerian music yeah. the latest upcoming underground song i've played on the show yeah the day, the day it came out but i've never been to nigeria the reason why I'm able to do that is because the bigger artists that I follow, they have shared that artist and it's eventually reached me. Facts. So if you're not sharing each other's music, how facts. are you going to reach people like me? Facts. Facts. Even when you are friends, even like let's say me and you are with me, we're boys, you yeah. drop a new song. I don't just post it. Just post it. It's free. It doesn't cost you nothing. It shows support and, it, think, and it helps the community. I think I think uh, we need master classes held in in Cameroon in partnership with the you know with the music industry there and just share a couple of tips yeah. that will help to empower the young up and coming artists and also give the established artists a little bit more information yeah. on how to get their contents particularly popping outside of Cameroon yeah. and and really connecting with their fans and connecting with media personalities like me or yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, now, speaking about Nigeria, we're going over to Nigeria now, where a war was brewing on Twitter as a Big Brother as Big Brother Nigeria 2020 winner, Lakon <laughs> was being compared to South African rapper Nasty C. Mm. Lakon, who had a huge following on social media and still has a huge following on social media, started trending worldwide alongside Nasty C. Mm. So I clicked into it and saw fans of the Big Brother winner asking fans on Twitter if they feel he was better than the Zulu man. Mm. It must be said that Lekon is also a credible rapper musician who, I must confess, I have not really checked out his content that deeply. Uh, so I won't really judge about him personally. However, the comparison to Rhyme Master Nasty C, what are your thoughts about that comparison? Um, I feel like... Disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Straight up disrespectful. Like, disrespectful. I, I appreciate people who have confidence in, in their craft, but there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. Hmm. And I feel like in that kind of action, it's just straight up... The fans 100 were just... disrespectful. Because Nasty C has... For Onasi C is a South African rhyme master, is a young man yeah. who we've seen clips of him 
spitting bars from as far back as when he was like 14, 12 years old or something yeah. like that. Yeah. This guy is one of the most incredible talents that I have seen. You know, I've watched him perform in London. I've watched him perform in Berlin. I've watched his documentaries. He's got documentaries on Netflix. You can go and check out. He's got one on Apple. Zulu Man in Tokyo is on Netflix. And he's got another one on Apple. Go check that out. He has had hit records. This guy has gone to some of the biggest stages in the United States of America, like Sway in the Morning, Hot 97, where he dropped freestyles and matched any American rapper that's out there. Mm. This brother is in ridiculous. Yes. I so agree. when I saw again, I know my Nigerian fans and everybody <laughs> were Lekon, Lekon, Lekon. Please don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lekon is a good young man who uh, won a very tough competition from the Nigerian Big Brother House in mm. 2020. Uh, an up and coming artist who definitely is a talented musician who's trying to get his feet wet in the music business. Yeah. But to compare him to somebody, although very young in mm. Nasty C, that has been seasoned, established, and proven, proven to be an incredible rhyme master. Yeah. I think it's disrespectful. 100%, 100%. So was it Lacon that po that made the post? I, to be honest with you, I think it was, a was lot the was the fans that were stoking it. Maybe okay. Lacon dropped a freestyle or something, and the fans, and the fans just, it. it was, bro, it was 20,000 tweets in the UK. Damn. That's what I. That's why I just clicked on my phone. I was like, "What's this?" Yeah. Twenty thousand, and then when I clicked on it, I'm seeing all sorts of memes and stuff being posted. I'm like, the thing is, like, okay, so I've not heard a lot of Lacon's music, but yeah. his, his verse on the Nobody Remix, for example, I thought it's it was, dope. was a really good. It was verse. really good. It was a yeah. really good verse. Charlie, I did that. Yeah, 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 I thought that, that remix was, that was a dope. really good remix. That was a dope. It, it surprised me. Yeah, that was I did dope. not expect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But for him to be calling out and saying that he's better than Narcissi, like, bro, relax. If relax. It, if, if it was him, he needs to relax. relax. But if it wasn't him, the fans need to relax. Tell your fans to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your fans to relax because there's, there's levels to this. There's levels to this. I'm telling you, man. Now, from that, we go over to South Africa where popular singer and actress Nandi Madida receives, spe uh, receives special thanks from Beyonce for her role in The Blackest King. Uh, the entertainer who was on who was one of the many Africans or uh, but few South African creatives that featured in the groundbreaking project from Beyonce titled Black is King, uh, shared a message on her Instagram story thanking Beyonce and her team for a special gift she received from the superstar. Mm. She had spoken highly in the past of Beyonce inspiring her during the course of making the project and how she got the call to participate in the self-directed project by Beyonce. Mm. Now, Nandi said she had signed an NDA like the rest of the creatives but went ahead to share that Beyonce that she had been handpicked by Beyonce and Beyonce's insistence on her being part of the project uh, as a whole was really groundbreaking mm. you know the Blackest King movie is out right now on Disney Plus so you can go and stream that first of all uh, Beyonce is the gift that keeps on giving uh, handing Tan, uh, Nandi a special gift almost two years after they recorded the project. Yeah. What does that say about the Queen Bee herself? It, it, it shows that, because, so Beyonce's had a lot of stick recent, recently, over the last over couple the of months. Last, yeah. Because people feel as though she, it was she's taking appropriation. From, da, 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 yeah. But something like that shows that she's she appreciative of, of, of what they gave her in Facts. making that project. Facts. And it was two years ago, and yeah. she's, she's still 
has that memory in her head of, okay, cool, I need to thank X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. That shows appreciation. That shows gratitude. Mm. You know what I mean? I can't fault Beyonce one tiny bit. The Beyonce, in my eyes, Beyonce can do no wrong. And when Beyonce, <laughs> listen, man, it's, diffi <laughs> it's difficult to, to criticize Beyonce for anything, especially when you think about some of the challenges that she's had to... Oh, remember, overcome. she was pregnant whilst you know, rehearsing and, you know, getting ready for the historic performance she gave at Coachella. Yeah. This woman has had three kids or whatever yeah. and carried on working at the highest level yeah. that we've seen any entertainer yeah. perform. Yeah. Black is King project and the, 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 uh, the Lion King project is, in my opinion, one of the most culture-shifting projects that we've seen in recent memory. Yeah. Not only did she you know, celebrate Africanism, mm. she collaborated with Africans. Yeah. She went across. She even got to Cameroon. Yeah. Salatiel. <laughs> Salatiel, yeah. Touched on South Africa, mm. Cameroon. She did, you know, she gave creatives an opportunity to get their leg up. Mm. And a lot of creatives' lives will never be the same because of they partnered with yeah. Beyonce. So yeah. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The cultural appropriation tag, I think, is disrespectful. Same. I think it's, it's unwarranted. It's uncalled for. And I believe that we need these type of collaborations yeah. if we want to take our culture in Afropop culture yeah. to a bigger audience. Yeah. We need people in Beyonce's position mm -hmm. to see talents from our world stand shoulder to shoulder with them mm -hmm. and let the world see the great talents we possess in Africa. When I see this kind of collaborations between Af Afrobeats and, and America, I love yeah, it. I love it. Like Beyonce, I celebrate Beyonce's it. not the first. Rick Ross has done it multiple times. Rick Ross is Omarion's crazy. Omarion's done it. Dope. Like many American, art, Young Thug's done it with, with yeah, David O. with David O, Nicki like Minaj. Nicki Minaj Chris done Brown. It. Chris Brown's done it with David O. Trey Songz, like, the I, list goes on. I love seeing those collaborations because it shows that these huge American artists that we believe in our eyes yeah. also see our artists as huge At artists. And, and they, they want to tap with. into that fan base exactly. as well. Exactly. They, they, see, they see what we see. Mm. That Ultimately, they can see the gold the same way we see the Absolutely. gold. Absolutely. Which is why they're coming to us. And, and I think another thing that we also need to find a way to, to really promote and tell the rest of the world is, you see, calling black people culture vultures doesn't sit well with me. Me neither. African-American, Afro-Caribbean, whatever it is, black, British, whenever they celebrate or try to tap into their Africanness, which is their heritage, by the way, just I in see. case you didn't know, I celebrate that. Yeah. I embrace that. There was a young lady um, in the UK. I think her name is Mercedes something. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shay. Um, she posted that she had checked her... Uh, heritage last week. Oh yeah, Lisa, uh, is it Lisa Mercedes? Yeah, Lisa, yeah. and she, you know, came out that she was hugely Nigerian and whatever, whatever. And some people like slamming her on social media, saying that way. I thought you was Jamaican. Da, da, da. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? For man? any Jamaicans watching, let me break it down to you guys now. Yeah? You are from Nigeria, you, Cameroon, <laughs> and Ghana. You're African. <laughs> Before you was Jamaican, you was. If you go deep enough, you, you are, are African. Cameroon, Nigeria, and Ghana. You are African. It, you Even know Togo. Togo. Yes. Yes, you are African. There's a documentary on Netflix at the moment. I think it's uh, the one by the Nigerian historian. Incredible documentary I, I think of the name now before we leave and that documentary really ex even me growing up back home mm. and learning so much 
the, the information that was on that documentary mm. was something of a colony. Mm. Yeah, something of a colony. Bro, the amount, do you know that the amount of Nigerians that were shipped over as slaves to Barbados and uh, Jamaica was huge. I think it was six million people. Damn. Slaves. <laughs> Bro, That's some crazy. Huge... I'm when, I, when they were talking about the numbers, I was like, what? Mm. In Jamaica and Barbados and Trinidad and Tobago, I'm like, oh, so that's where my brothers and sisters been all this time. <laughs> if any Jamaican does a heritage test, you'll find out that Jama Jamaica's not on your list of where you're from. <laughs> you're from Nigeria, Cameroon, or Ghana. Ghana. Literally. Just, you know, so when people attack them and say, oh, your culture operating and stuff, it doesn't sit well with me. Me neither. I think it is time that we remove the scales from our eyes and understand that finally we have the opportunity that our ancestors never had yeah. to connect with some of their long lost family yeah. we're blessed in this time yeah. to be able to do that easily and freely we should jump at every opportunity to do that one thing that i'm grateful for in the time we're in now yeah is not long ago that i remember that being african wasn't cool yeah when I was in school, being African, I'll be honest, I remember I was in year eight, no, year seven, I just started secondary school. Mm. And I told people I was Jamaican just to avoid <laughs> avoid getting beats because I was African. Being African wasn't cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now being African is cool. It's, it's so if thing. anyone wants to reconnect with their African roots, please do. I, I appreciate that. Please do. I've recently gone back myself because I, I want to get make Facts. my roots stronger. Facts. And I intend to go back more Regularly. and more and more. Yeah. Don't be surprised if I move back home. <laughs> straight up, straight up. If you're comfortable doing that, please do. So we want more people from Barbados, Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago, America, the UK to connect with their heritage, yes. which is back home now speaking about america again over to the united states of america where popular music manager and mental health awareness campaigner t bills was responding to trolls who make comments on his page yeah. asking him to shave his armpits yeah now in a previous picture posted with one of his adorable kids uh, t bills can be seen lifting his hands up mm. revealing a bit of hair under his armpits mm. and that got his followers to to message him asking for hit to uh, for that to be shaved in another post he said he wasn't shaving his armpits playfully uh ending the ha with the hashtag saying real men don't shave now, full disclosure, T. Bills is a brother of mine, a huge <laughs> Laker fan who always encourages me when I don't believe that Lakers might be getting over the hump, um, uh, especially last year. But you've got to shave your armpits, bro. Come so, on, Jigger. I believe as a man, yeah. you've got to cut your nails yeah. and you have to shave your armpits. Yeah. It's a guarantee. What are your thoughts? So I saw the picture. Yeah. First of all, it wasn't even that deep. It wasn't that it, deep. It's not even it was a, just a little bit. It was a little bit. It wasn't even that deep. <laughs> I know, I know. No, but I agree with you. I feel like I, I, as a man, you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. I, I do a lot of, of, of grooming myself. It's like, a big industry now. Obviously, it's lockdown, so my hair's a bit crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I look after myself when yeah. I can. Obviously, I, I, I do the manscaping, the trimming, mm. like uh, anything that I feel is it necessarily need to be there? Facts. It goes because Facts. end of the day, you know, when it gets down to a certain time of the evening. You know what I mean? As much as you appreciate your woman doing certain things, she'll appreciate you doing certain Facts. things. So, Facts. Facts. I don't see nothing wrong with that. I, yeah, well, I agree, man. So T Bills, hit me up, man. He's looking tough for the Lakers this year, my brother. I mean, Gillette, Gillette's pretty good. I'd, I'd advise Gillette. <laughs> 
yeah, Gillette's pretty good. Gillette's it's, pretty good. Uh, you know, just a, a free plug, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, over to Nigeria, where popular Nigerian celebrity and personality uh, Alex uh, had shared on her Instagram page that she would rather artificial insemination than having a baby with a short <laughs> man. One of the reasons this topic pricked my ear was because, you know, the fascination for tall men has been, not that I'm complaining, you know what I mean? I'm a little six foot, four inches tall or whatever it is, broad shoulders, chisel shape, you know, you, you know the hope, the full heart. But there's been a fascination with tall men. Yeah. Um, when it's with, with, with African women for yeah, a long time. A very long time. And, and this statement also brought back those type of issues because yeah. Alex was adamant. Like, yeah. bro, if I'm not dating, if I'm if I can't find myself a tall man in a perfect relationship, yeah. I'm going for artificial insemination yeah. from a tall man. Yeah. I ain't marrying a short guy <laughs> and I'm not going with that. What are your thoughts about that? Man? So Whenever I see anything to do with men's heights, <laughs> I always thank the Lord. I, the I swear, upstairs. I swear. Because we never, we never had to deal with that. Oh right? my God! Whenever I read or hear anything about about short men, I'm like, thank you, because guys, I'm six foot three, so I'm like, thank you, thank you. Have to deal with that. <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, I, I I feel like maybe she needs to go out to school and understand how genetics and science works mm. because although, anything can come up. Anything can happen. <laughs> Although I'm six foot three, my parents are shorter than yeah, me. Yeah, and on top yeah, of that, my right. mom is a couple of inches taller than my dad. Yeah, yeah. No one knows where my height came from. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like a good three feet yeah, taller yeah, than yeah. everyone else. Genetics can play. Yeah, literally. You can, can, yeah, you can find a perfect guy, six foot ten inches, whatever. And you, you have the shortest of... kid in the world. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. You just take what the big man gives you. That's how it works. But what about this question, though? People ask me, they've asked me in the past, like mm. ladies have asked me, like, oh, as a tall guy, Am I attracted to taller women mm. or shorter women? I think judging by my history, which mm. is not that bad, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> I find shorter women more attractive. Really? I swear down. I don't know. what. I, I just, there's just something when I see a tall woman, like, yo, she's tall and beautiful and, you know, and everything, but yeah. can be intimidating. Ah, uh, see, I, I, I've never, because I'm tall, yeah. I've never dated anyone that's taller than me. Mm. As long as you're shorter than me, I've never really had an issue with it. The only mm. thing is, when I do date taller women, one thing I'm grateful for is I have to go down a, a bit less when I have to kiss them, so mm. my, my back is safe. So your neck is safe. My neck, my neck is safe. Okay. But, <laughs> let me think of my, I think there's not as many tall women in the world as there is. So my, my history will show that I've dated mostly shorter women. Mm. But I do appreciate, I do date tall women. Uh, they have the, the benefits. Yeah. They? Both of them yeah, have the, of course, both of them course. have the you, know, you know, when you're walking around, just like you saw the incredible uh, Barack Obama alongside yeah. Michelle, yeah. they were kind of like matching in height. Yeah. And that stride into the yeah. room yeah. even looked more elegant yeah. because of the fact that both of them were a certain type of height. Mm. And would that have ha worked if she was like five foot five and he was like That's six foot four? That's a very good point. That, you know, maybe yeah. people wouldn't have felt that the, the presence that they commanded walking into the room was that deep. You know, another thing is I think is I, I don't think men are that sh hung up on the whole height. Nah, thing. man. Well, I, listen, I, I've seen short guys move not, to girls that are listen, way taller than them. I've, short guys are the worst. They move to anybody. Confidence. Confidence. <laughs> the confidence is there. Short guys will move to anybody. She's slim. She's big. She's tall. Confidence. Listen, if that's the I love chick, it. we're going. If, I love it. Even if you check it, right, in a group of guys, 
most of the time, the leader of the group is usually a short guy. <laughs> if you check it, most of the, the most of the crew, yeah. the person the shortest is the one that's that's not the cool the shortest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, now, I mean I, I I I understand why she wants a tall guy, mm. but sis, like let's, let's let's be real. End of the day, as the person in the video said, give love a chance. My mom gave my dad a chance. My mom was taller than my dad. I came out. I'm taller than both of them. So you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> now, getting closer to the end. Uh, now is a brand new segment. And this is where we review or recommend some of the latest Afropop culture contents mm. that we are sure that you, the listeners and the viewers, would love. Mm. Uh, what are your top three uh, content, songs, movies, whatever it is that mm. you'd like to share with yeah, the Afrobeats podcast listeners or viewers that they should go check out. Yeah, sure. So, um, having come back from Cameroon recently, of Let's course, go. my recommendations Please. will be Cameroonian. Absolutely. <laughs> now, one artist that I've been following for a couple of months now, mm. I, I'm tipping him mm. as the next big thing to come out of Cameroon. Let's go. Avero Jess. I've, I've sent you, you a send few me clips, stuff, I've sent you a few things. And the record's banging. The, the, I ain't gonna the, lie. The record's banging, the energy's banging, the dancing, the He's doing everything. Him and his dancers. I've seen that. He has the stage presence, he has the He's sound. He's hungry. He's hungry for yeah. it. He gives you that raw, that raw DJ Arafat vibe. Mm. If you know DJ Arafat, you know how big he was. Mm. I can see Averroes going just as big, if not bigger. That mm. guy is talented on a different level. And he's doing the social media thing properly. Proper. He's, he's, he's hungry. He's replying to his That's fans. Good. He's reposting his fans. That's he's good. showing us what he's up to. He's active on his socials. And he recently got verified by Instagram. Wow. This is before. This is... I was following him before that. I think I followed around 50 followers. Mm. He's now on 100k followers. That's good. With a verification. So That's good. I'm telling you now, Averges, one to watch. Mm. Another one I would definitely say is Fish. Again, another coming artist. Brilliant. I've sent you stuff now. The reason why I love Fish is that. Fish is one of the most versatile Cameroon artists I've ever come across. Mm. Now, my issue with Cameroonian music sometimes is when the artists have a formula that works, they stick, they to, stick to that formula. So you're going to get five versatile. or six songs that sound the same. Mm. But Fish's album, I'm from, I, I Am Cameroon, like seven or eight different sounds. I'm going to check He's that. so versatile. He's got slow songs. He's got fast tempo songs, mid tempo songs, and he is doing the social media thing properly. Good. His promotion is proper. He's um he's posting fans. He's, he's interacting with the fans. That's good. He's he, even watching him live in Cameroon. You see the way the fans are approaching him. You see the way they respond to his songs. Like he has the talent. And then I'll just throw in a cheeky little yeah. wild card. This song it's called "Be Proud" remix by Witty Minstrel. Um, it speaks on being proud of where you're from. Obviously, Important. With the Anglophone crisis and people having been displaced, yeah. all the artists in there are from the Anglophone side who yeah. have now migrated to the Francophone side. side yeah. So the song just speaks about being proud of where you're from. And I posted it last week, and since then it's got a lot, a lot of traction. NWE have posted it. Mm. I'll definitely say check it out. Um, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my top three recommendations. Amazing. I'm going to check that out, particularly the I Am Cameroon project. I love Fish. Yeah. And I'll be very, very interested in checking more music out from yeah, it. Yeah. Some of the content that's come out this week, uh, three singles that I'm going to be picking for the viewers and the listeners to go check out. First one will be Bankuli featuring Notes. Uh, Bankuli was one of uh, 
the collaborators with Beyonce on the Black is on, on the Lion King project. Yep. He sang alongside Beyonce on two or three of the records, Find Your Way Back, and the intro into the project itself, and another record. And then um, he features notes on this record. He shot a video, yeah. lovely video to put it out there. Go check that out. Second one will be the UK Afrobeats artist, Damola Davis. Um, has been grinding for quite some time. Yeah. Had vacation ship that did yeah. well. Really well. Um, really well. Now he has a, a brand new record titled mm. Oshomo, which I listened to from the first time. And I thought, okay, this has a catchy vibe to it. Mm. And it looks like his quality of his content is slightly starting to change and improve to the next level. Mm. And that's what we want to see. And finally, has to be Kwame MP from Ghana, having gone through one of the most heartbreaking, horrifying things ever in December, losing his dad in a car crash, which both of them were involved in. Oh, wow. um, yeah, sadly, in December, during before just before Christmas, he's gone on to release a three-track project that's dedicated to his father, titled Bongo. Uh, the project came out just this past week. I think it's incredible music. You need to check it out. There's a record on there featuring Twitch forever. It's fantastic. Mm. So, Bankuli featuring Notes, uh, Damola Davis Oshomo, and Kwamina MP Bongo. Go mm. check that out. Incredible project. And we are finishing with this week's Shopsy Do's and Don'ts, where I'd like to ask you to do the following. Now, watch the brand new dance film by multi-talented dance choreographer and creative director Izzy Ebe. The popular Afro dance uh, choreographer stylishly showcases her her world acclaimed talents whilst artistically telling her fascinating stories about her beloved Afro dance through colors, uh, flowers, and amazing Afro dance routines. Izzy, as she is popularly known, has worked as a as either a creative director or a dance choreographer with some of the biggest Afrobeat stars in the world creating captivating dance routines for music videos, social media dance videos, and generally raising awareness for the Afro-pop culture as a whole. With the continuous impact of Afro-dance on the growth of Afrobeats worldwide, it's imperative that we support other arms of the Afro-pop culture, such as Afro-dance. And Izzy is one of those talented creatives leading the charge. Yeah. Now, so if I could ask you to do one thing today, it will be to make sure you watch Izzy Egbe's dance film out now on YouTube. And for more information, check out her website, shop.izzyegbe.com. Amazing, amazing work. On that note, we end this episode of Adi Shopper Live, the official Afrobeats podcast. Catch us every single week on all the platforms that you watch us on. Follow, like, share, comment, Instagram, from YouTube, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud. The list goes on. Big shout-outs to the incredible production team in the background, LM Media, uh, Sheyi, Kola, the executive producer in his office, always drinking and enjoying life. <laughs> and a big shout-out to Ayo Maurice and Afrocene TV for the continuous support as well. And to my guests, in the building, Rod Rant, thank you very much for coming through, man. We're going to have you me. again constantly on this platform. Yes. Very, very engaging thoughts. Thank you for having me, guys. And, and, and conversation. And until next time, from me and Rod, is peace. We out. Right.